This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Ben, and you're listening to the Sound Logic Podcast. This is Mike. Each episode, we discuss one of music's greatest albums from Rolling Stone Magazine's Top 500 list. Brought to you by two guys with no credentials. Welcome back, friends. This is the Sound Logic Podcast, and this is becoming one of our favorite traditions here on the show. Uh, every 10 episodes, we pause just briefly and take a look at the past 10 albums and decide how we would have ranked them had we been the ones compiling this list. And then we pause again and decide if any of the past 10 albums would make our all-time top 10 list. Uh, we're happy that you're joining us. And uh, if you have any thoughts about our re-ranking, we'd love to hear them. Uh, as a reminder, you can always send us a message through our social media spaces, or you can, um, through our Anchor uh, website, you can leave us a voice message, which we are happy to play on the show, if anyone ever sends us one. How you doing, my friend? I'm really good, and I also enjoy this portion of our show, this thing. Yeah. This will be the fourth time we've done it, and I want to make a comment on what you said about leaving a voice message uh, you would be, well, I guess you'd be, we had a voice message. We had one voice message, but I don't think it was sent to our anchor site. True. Um, we had a voice message from friend of the show, former guest, Jason Crane, uh, also host of a brief chat and the jazz session podcast, which you can check out as well. And we encourage you to do so, but nobody, uh, so anybody listening, you could be the first person to leave a voicemail on our anchor site. That's and true. if you do, there is a 99.99% chance that we will put it in our show somewhere. <laughs> just Yeah, unless just you're just dropping you. nothing but F-bombs or something. Then well, maybe I can, we I can bleep but... those out. We got lots of fun sounds. We got fun sensor sounds we can use. <laughs> We've come up with a few good ones. So, uh, That's uh, true. Yeah, so please do that. And if you, yeah, if you think we, you know, we got it all wrong or if you have a suggestion, so uh, we'd love to hear from you. So what we like to do is we usually start from the bottom work from to the top so number 40 uh and we'll tell you where rolling stone ranked it our the last episode you would have listened to on forever changes by love that's what rolling stone had at number 40 ben what did you have there i tucked the anthology in at the very bottom this time i think this is becoming a trend where i put <laughs> compilation albums from bygone eras at the bottom of my list um uh in the nine, yes. in the 11 to 20 stack uh the sun sessions was there in the 21 to 30 stack uh the great 28 and the complete recordings was there and then now the anthology winds up there so if we get another one i'm sure we can predict where i'm going to put it oh jeez <laughs> uh, but but I, it, again similar i guess to those other albums that i i mentioned not that I didn't like the music so much. I'm glad that I got to listen to it. Uh, I have some challenging thoughts about whether or not it should be on this list at all. Um, but it, again, it's also not a style of music necessarily that I'm going to be reaching for anytime soon. Um, and 
Uh, we've talked different times about how we do our re-ranking. I'm still sort of sticking with the music that I'd like to put on um, first would be at the top of my list. The music that I'm least likely to return to is sort of at the bottom. How about you? What's your number 10 album? Yeah, I think you're, the way you decided there is fair, and I think that's a pretty good way to do it. I chose Bring It All Back Home uh, by Bob Dylan. Um, and I used the criteria. I, I want to make a comment in general on these last 10 albums. I feel like it was, there were less extremes. Like we've done on some of our other, we'll use the term decades on some of our other decades, there was more extreme. There are some that I absolutely 100% fell in love with and ones that I really didn't care to listen to ever again. I felt yeah. these were all closer to the middle. Like there mm, wasn't any album yeah, for me yeah. this time that just kind of blew. There was some that I really enjoyed, but there was none that blew my socks. And there weren't any really that I, you know, despised or never ever would listen to again. There was some, um, I'm bringing it all back home. I think is a little challenging too doing this. Cause that was 10 weeks ago. <laughs> so, and yeah, I haven't, yeah. it's one I haven't gone back to. You know, it, it, there's the distance too, right? Yeah, exactly. Our um, re-ranking spreadsheet just has the album title, not the uh, not the artist. And I, it took me like a minute to try and remember what bringing it all back home was, oh, no. or who it was by, <laughs> or what. And I was like, "Bring it all back home." That sounds familiar. I know we've gone over this, but. And, uh, you know, then Dylan clicked and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that <laughs> so says something it, to it. <laughs> yeah, it made a real impression on you, we can tell. It really did. And, uh, it, you know, it's your number 10, it's my number nine. Um, and uh, and for a lot of the same reasons that I think you have it there to just, well, um, it's not yeah, terrible. I, I, I want to say, and I want to say something about that. And really it's yeah. about, as you said, and I agree, how much I want to listen to it again. Yeah, of all the Dylan albums we've listened to, this one, yeah, <laughs> the Dylan fans are going to hate me for saying this one wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I liked Blonde on Blonde. Uh, I liked, and I know you, you really liked Blood on the Tracks. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we both did not enjoy Highway sixty one Revisited. This would be, I would probably rank it number three of of the four that we've listened to the four Dylan albums okay. we've listened to so far, this would be probably the third, uh, my third favorite. Aside um, from but, at least one higher. Yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah, that was awful. Uh, but, um, <laughs> it, you know, it, it was, it was not awful. Uh, I just don't, I can't even right now think of many of the tracks. Um, it just didn't leave an impression. And we've talked about this for, for whatever reason, uh, and I think you and I are on the same page here. I just don't connect with a lot of Dylan's music. Um, mm -hmm. The things he sings about and even some of the style, um, it's just not something I connect with. And and that sometimes gets confused with the term, it's not good. You know, and that's, again, this whole thing is subjective, even the way they did it. It's all, yeah. you have to yeah. come, it comes around whatever your center is. Their center is obviously rock and folk and and you know, some of those other things, right. And our center is rock and alternative and a little bit of punk and a few other things. So anyways, um, I think that's right. just kind of set yeah. that up, but yeah, that that's for me why it just, it's probably the, the one I'm least likely to put back on. Yep. So uh, that was yeah, your number, like that, that was your number 39. Number yep. 
Um, what did you have there at that spot? I, I had uh, Let It Bleed. Okay. Uh, by the Stones, which uh, we're kind of we're kind of doing like a, a ladder thing. We're keep yeah. going back and forth. So, and that's what you put at number thirty-eight. Right. Um, so, same thing. I didn't hate it. It was all right. Um, uh, Give me shelter is probably one of my favorite Stone songs, if not my favorite. I really, really like that tune. I didn't love the whole album as much as that song. Um, I like that song so much that if I was still in the time of my life when I had enough disposable income to be going out and buying CDs or records every week, (laughs) I would consider buying that album just for that song. Because I'm sure... (laughs) I'm sure you, and I know I have, have bought an album just because it contains one song at some sure, point. Sure. Uh, yeah. And I would buy it just for Gimme Shelter. But other than that, um, no, I'm not going to come back to it. Yeah. Anything to add there? Um, I really like the cover. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, interesting cover. But yeah, I think I feel similarly. I, I, uh, I, I agree with you. Gimme Shelter is a great song not a good enough song to make it uh you know one of the <laughs> best albums of all time um at least not in my mind so yeah it it falls down a little bit for me um yeah uh and th- so that was my uh it was your 38, 38 or, or eighth of these 10 um, yes where'd you have at, at number eight i had the anthology so we have the same last three same um, bottom three yeah i now i really enjoyed listening to this I wouldn't go back to the album, but one of the reasons for that is that it's 50 tracks long. Um, mm, I don't know yeah. where I, I don't know where I'd start. It's not like a, I might put it on or put it on shuffle, but even then there's, you know, I'd be more tempted to create a separate playlist of just my favorite tracks <laughs> from that. I know that's kind of probably blues fans and muddy waters fans would think that that's just awful, but um, I, I did enjoy it. I found it more exciting then let it bleed and bring it back home, bring it all back home. So uh, that's why I didn't put it at the bottom. But same thing, I'm, I'm not a blues guy. I I really don't know it very well, and it's not something that I'm drawn. And you know, it's just it's just a massive album. But but I did. I I think to me it was newer. It was a newer sound for me because it's not something I've listened to as much. Then let it bleed or bring it all back home. We've already listened to a lot of yeah. uh, Dylan in the last year. We. I've, I've heard a lot of the stones, you know, Mm -hmm. so anyways, that's me. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we have not been, uh, following what Rolling Stone had. Oh yeah. uh, We got to say that too. (laughs) (laughs) For, uh, well, I guess we did mention, you mentioned that forever changes was at number 40. Uh, the Beatles, please, please me is 39 and, um, muddy waters anthology is 38. So that catches us up. Um, we had the same thing at the number seven slot uh, on the Rolling Stone list. They had Hotel California. Right. We both decided that the Ramones album, self-titled album, belonged there. Um, right. These middle albums are always a little bit tricky for me to put my finger on exactly why they're there. I think it's just sort of where they fit into the bell curve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my least favorite and it wasn't my most favorite. So yeah. it kind of goes somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Same thing. I think the middle the middle three or four it could be in any order. It's, sure. You know, but I think for the Ramones, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that uh, it was something I hadn't listened to before and felt like it's something I should have listened to a long time ago. And sure. I needed that little bit of, you know, punk rock history 
you know, in my brain and have had listened to it. That being said, it, it was a simple album. The songs were simple, which is really good. And it did what it needed to do and it changed music. Um, and, you know, we still have punk rock being made today. Again, it's just not, it, it wasn't as exciting as some of the other ones for me. And I don't know how quickly, and, and there is uh, a similarity between the tunes. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I don't need to listen. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I don't need to listen to a whole album of that. Yeah. Uh, moving to number 36, this is where Rolling Stone had Carol King's Tapestry. What did you have there? This is where I put Forever Changes, our most recent review. Uh, an album that I thought was really interesting, um, but had it was kind of a roller coaster for me. Some songs I really loved, some songs I was sort of meh on, about half and half. And I guess that makes it a fitting choice for right in the middle there. <laughs> um, but you moved uh, it up four a, spots from where Rolling Stone had it. That's true. I think that says more about some of the other choices that Rolling Stone oh. had. Than, <laughs> than it's, not about have how, it's not about how good that is. It's about how bad the other ones are. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> oh. and, and I think, like you said, these 10 albums, none of them I would quantify as like bad. Um, uh, no. We have not shared our updated top tens. I'm really curious if either one of us um, put any albums from these group of 10, because I think you're right. There is this sort of like, uh, I don't know, maybe we're just getting down into that area, uh, into the level of the list where we don't really have major flaws with these albums for being where they are, but we also don't necessarily love or over the top Gaga with, with these albums either. So please, please me, or sorry, and so Forever Changes uh, ends up here in the sixth slot for me. Uh, what'd you put here? I just want to make a quick note. You mentioned that that we haven't seen our our all-time top ten. We've both done the rankings, but we're sharing a document, although we've blacked right. out that quadrant, <laughs> that section, so we can't mm-hmm. see them. So we'll we'll reveal them once we've done At these the ten time. and then we'll yeah. we'll see we'll see what we did. Yeah, okay. So I put uh, I put please please me at number thirty six, and same thing. I I I ranked it higher than some of the other albums here, but not for a Beatles album. I would give it a lower ranking compared mm-hmm. to the other Beatles albums. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hey, it's still a good album. Yeah, uh, but you know, a lot of covers, not as much original material. It was their first album. They recorded it in nine hours. Um, yeah. yeah. And given all those things, it's awesome. But compared to some of the other absolutely flawless albums they've produced, um, you know, I, it's just not as memorable for me. It, it's good. I enjoyed it. It's that classic, uh, very young, early Beatles sound. Like I said, it, they look and sound like they still like each other, which is yeah, <laughs> which <yeah>. is novel. <laughs> yeah, and, I think uh, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can hear the sound too. They're very young and they're happy, and it's you know. Anyways, uh, but yeah, that I put it at thirty six. Well, we're gonna do our ladder climb here for the next few albums. Yeah, uh, you had please please me there at thirty six. I have it at thirty five. Um, for a lot of the same reasons, it's an album that I enjoyed. Maybe you enjoyed more than forever changes uh and but not enough to sort of bump it all the way to the top of my list sure Um, uh rolling stone had rise and fall of ziggy stardust the iconic bowie album here in the 35 spot uh what's the fifth album on your list 
Hotel California. This was a challenge for me because I might, if I had to choose, you know, which ones to listen to, and I listened to my first four and then I got to the next, I might listen to some of the other ones before this. Okay. Um, And I've put it this high because I respect how well done it is. How successful it is, how polished it is. I used the term during our review overproduced. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And I get that feeling sometimes that it's just, it's almost feels too good. Like it's just, there's so much happening. It's so clean and crisp, but maybe that's perfection. I, I don't know. Um, But that being said, and I don't have some of the nostalgia that you and our, and our guests, Peter and co had with it. So there's that as well, but I struggle. I think if it was just purely pleasure enjoyment, I might even put this a little lower for me. Okay. Um, but there are some really good tunes on it. It's a solid recording. So yeah. I, I felt it deserved to be at least this high. I would echo a lot of that. I think it was probably nostalgia that bumped it one higher for me. I have Hotel California there in the number 34 Sure. Uh, spot. And uh, mostly because it was a fun conversation, a lot of reminiscing with a couple of college friends. Um, I think you're right. It's probably not an album that I will reach for uh, too frequently, but it's something that I really uh, have a lot of respect for and think it's really well done. So, um, oh man, I think I can hear Jason Crane shouting from here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it, it's, um, it's, it's good. And I, and I think it's deserving of sort of middle of the pack here for these albums. Um, Rolling Stone had music from big pink at number 34. I had hotel California. What'd you put in this spot here? So this is where I put, um, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust. And again, this was, uh, I, oh, I really liked this album. Um, mm-hmm. I think there was a few songs that weren't my favorite. So that's maybe why I didn't put it quite as high. Uh, it was good. I, sure. I really enjoyed, um, one of the things we talked about in our review that surprised me, and I didn't realize how much it would kind of just grab me, was the exploration of, and they wouldn't have used this term at the time, but we, of course, use it now, kind of gender identity and kind of breaking some of those stereotypes of what a male rock star should look like and dress like and behave like. And that might not have been his primary motive in doing all that stuff. I think he was simply an number one, an artist who was expressing himself. Uh, but even the lyrics address those issues big time. Um, and you and I both admitted we're not, or at least me, I think you as well. I'm not really a lyrics guy. Um, yeah. it's not the first thing I listen to it. It's usually, you know, the third or fourth thing I might hear later on. Uh, and it's going to take me having to look them up and read them in text, usually to, mm-hmm see what they really are and kind of try and pick them apart. So, but I did that for a lot of the Ziggy songs. Cause I wanted to, I was like, wait, did he say this? I want to see what the song's about. And I go through and read it. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. So there was kind of a theme we talked about that. It's uh, it's a bit of a concept album. It follows a character uh, and some themes that are common throughout the album. So you get that theme. And again, I don't think he was trying to make a big statement 
or, you know, change the world of their thinking. But, but he was telling a story and talking about a lot of similar things. And I was just affected by that in terms of even just learning and education and kind of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, we think, we think this is such a new thing. And Oh, everybody's learning about this and everyone's, there's a new awareness of, you know, the LGBTQ community. And and it's like, well, there are people who were maybe not necessarily quote speaking out, but there, it was there in the mainstream. Yep. If you want to look for it. So yeah, that was kind of an eye opener for me and a good one at that. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. I love the music. I'm familiar with some of the music and, uh, it, it was nostalgia too yeah. with your dad. I remember. Yeah. Dad having, had a, had a, a compilation to... album. So I knew some of the songs and, and I've always really liked Bowie because of that. So yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good one. Well, the latter continues. I had that one in my number 33 spot. Okay, uh, spot so this was that, your third favorite. So I want to hear about, about that. Yeah. I think um, <clears throat> I'd been longing for an entry point into David Bowie's career. Right, and yeah. This album actually took a little bit for, to grow on me, but by the time of our recording, I was really enjoying it. And Okay. Uh, it To me, from this list and the two that come above it on my list, uh, those are really probably, well, maybe Hotel California too would be the four that I would say these are really great albums, really well-crafted, okay. yep. good, solid albums that I enjoy, that were popular, that were well done, all of the above, sort of check all the boxes. And so right. yep. um, I don't I don't like Ziggy as much as the other two that are still to come, but it, it's, uh, it cracks my top three um, uh, for that reason. Uh, Rolling Stone had the Ramones here at number 33. Interesting that we both um, bumped it down somewhat. Yeah. Uh, and, and really, this time around, we have not had anything in common with the Rolling Stone uh, no, ranking. That's true. Sometimes, sometimes we, we sort of hit one on the same line, but uh, nothing's lining up in this decade. So uh, what, what did you have at uh, your third spot here? Well, this is uh, you had it down at... Uh, 36 and Rolling Stone had it at 40. This is where I put Forever Changes by Love. This one really, I think the best word I can use is surprise. It really surprised me. Hmm. I mean, anything would have surprised me because I had no idea what it would be like. But uh, it's, (laughs) and now it's the most recent one we've reviewed. However, I will say this, and I've started listening to some of our next albums as well so it's not like it's the only thing i'm listening to right now but it has been stuck in my head a lot of the songs stuck in my head without even trying and it's really made an impression on me uh it is one i'm going to listen to again it's one i'm going to come back to maybe not the whole album at once and i Mm -hmm. and i don't know i'm I'm curious to i'm going to talk to uh the owner of the record store I go to and see if this is one that ever, I sent him an email saying, if this one comes around, I want it, grab it for me. Uh, okay. But I'm curious to know how rare this one is as a collector's yeah. item. Is this yeah. one, cause they didn't sell a million copies even. And that includes CDs and maybe now even downloads. So they're not at a sure. million. I'm curious to know how many pressings there are. And since it's obscure, yeah. Yeah. probably a lot of them have disappeared because through the, 80s and 90s, 2000s, people were literally dumping their vinyl. They were yep. throwing it in the garbage um, because no one wanted to buy it. No one wanted to have it anymore. Uh, and it wasn't until, I think, into the 2000s, uh, 2010s even, and certainly now, 
and I don't know if I've said this already, 2019, which is the year that just finished, was the first year since 80, I want to say 86, uh, that vinyl sales surpassed CD sales. Wow. It, it happened. It happened in 2019. Vinyl sales have picked up again, and CD sales are obviously still on the decline. Uh, because with digital, no one needs CDs anymore, but people sure. still want vinyl, and more people, more new people want vinyl, and people who used to be in vinyl are getting back into vinyl. So uh, that's kind of exciting, and I'm curious to see where that's going to go. Is that still going to increase? Will it plateau? Um, are we going to see more companies producing more vinyl, vintage vinyl represses? Right. Uh, are there going to be more new artists doing vinyl as well as digital? Uh, anyways, um Forever Changes, yeah, it's one that I'm going to see if I can get my hands on. I would love to have it on vinyl because I think it'd be kind of a cool talking piece as well. Kind Absolutely. of this album that yeah. people hold in high regard in the industry, but nobody else really knows about. I've talked to all sorts <laughs> of people, Ben, in the last few weeks. Anybody who I know is even remotely interested in music, I'm asking them if they've ever heard of this. And yeah. the only person who has said yes was, uh, I think, when we re uh, reviewed uh, music from Big Pink. And we mentioned yeah. love and Jason Crane said, Jason, I, it's, yeah. it's a great album. He's the only person that I've talked to who has said they know about that album. And I've talked to people, I talked to one guy who's, who toured for like in Canada with a, like a band from down East and he knows tons of people in the music industry. Never huh. heard of it. We talked to Anne about Beatles and she grew up in the sixties and seventies. Never heard she of it. She was telling us all the different concerts she'd gone to too. Yeah. yeah. And never heard of this band. So like there's something there that has kept this band and this album mm -hmm. from the mainstream yet it's still heralded by people in the industry as one of the best ever. So to me, that's so interesting and intriguing. Yeah. So um, if you see yeah. it anywhere, bud, grab it. I want it. I'll, I'll keep my eyes out now. <laughs> I know there's a few different spots in your town where you can get vinyl and people have these different sales now and then. So yep. put it on the watch list for me. I'll do that. <laughs> so now we get to our last two and this is, this is fun because we've picked the same two, but we've flipped our, we've flipped our choices. Yeah. So which happens a time before maybe not it, we often uh, i guess we had the same top three last time and they were in different order um uh i guess that's the only time where that's been that close but i think we remarked last time that we're becoming more like an old married couple and that our <laughs> tastes are becoming lined up a little bit more than we when we began <laughs> i see the the columns are getting more and more familiar they're more right. similar <laughs> yeah exactly um, yeah. So roll, roll, uh, Rolling Stone had uh, Let It Bleed by the Stones mm -hmm. at 32 and Bring It Home by Dylan at 31. Those are two of the albums that we put way down at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I put Tapestry at number two, number 32, yep. as it were. And uh, that was a brand new album for me. I really enjoyed it. I, I was drawing parallels between that and uh, Journey Mitchell's Blue because, you know, they're both by solo female acts and uh, kind of piano players. Uh, Journey Mitchell also plays a lot of guitar and dulcimer. Um, it didn't hit me quite as hard as Blue did, and I don't think it's quite as good, although it is very different. 
So I don't think that's necessarily a fair comparison, but they were in the same scene, like at the same, like this is out of that same era that blue is from, uh, they're within a year apart. Joni Mitchell even sings back up on a song on tapestry. So, uh, I was drawing a lot of parallels, but tapestry, it was so good. Um, there was one album that I liked just a little bit more, but I'll tell you not much more. This was very good. (laughs) Um, so you could either talk about Tapestry as well, or you can talk about your number two album. I'm happy to talk about Tapestry. It was my number one album. Um, I I think this is the album I've known the longest from this list. I'm, I'm absolutely certain that that's the case. We talked oh, okay. before we began about wow. these 10, as, uh, 10 albums that we didn't really know or have that much track record yeah. with. Um, but tapestry feels like, you know, a comfortable blanket, you know, wrapping yourself up in something that feels familiar and it's good and and cozy. Um, I was just thinking today, I was putting on a CD, something I don't do very often anymore. Um, and (laughs) tapestries on our shelf. Uh, I've gotten rid of a lot of CDs over the last several years and tapestry continues to be there along with, um, the Joshua tree and, I don't know that there's too many others from this list of, uh, oh, rumors, <laughs> I think is there as well. Hmm. Um, but I don't have, uh, I don't have too much, uh, recorded music on a shelf anymore. And tapestry is one of those, uh, that, uh, that has been in our rotation for a long time and, uh, and continues to be there. And I think for that reason alone, I, I mean, I think it's, it's my favorite album from this list too, but, but a lot because of its familiarity puts it at number one for me. You know what? So many of these albums were really good. And these these top four, you know, I I think if you forced me, you could convince me to shuffle them around. Even all the way, Tapestry, Forever Changes, Ziggy Stardust, they were all very good. I think there's a special place in my heart for the band. And yeah. music from Big Pink, it, you know, contains some of the songs I've known and loved for a long time. And because I hadn't listened to this particular album on its own, some new songs as well. Boy, it's well done. It's so fun. It's um, great instrumentation, a lot of just diverse instrumentation. It's really neat. And uh, I would have no problem putting it on any time. I think, like I said, Tapestry was a very, very close second. Um, And music from Big Pink didn't surprise me in the way that Tapestry and Forever Changes did because sure. I was familiar with not only some of the songs, but the, the, the band's sound, you know, and like you and I had a great experience of watching the last waltz with a couple of our buddies together. The first time for you, um, I had seen it many times, um, but you get a lot of history from that film as well history of the band and where they came from and you hear a lot of their music and you hear about their influences and the other people they played with the people that admire them so i feel like the even just from that film and having had that in my life for over a decade i feel like i know a lot more about the band too and and i really enjoy the band i enjoy that they're canadian uh (laughs) and um it's really it's special music to me so uh, you could you could convince me that a few of these albums are better than music from Big Pink. 
<laughs> I wouldn't, and I wouldn't have a hard time with that. But I think in terms of the one that I want to listen to the most, I think that's that that's up there. That so that's sense. why it's number one for me. Is and you had it at number two, so obviously one that made an impression on you. Yeah, yeah, it was one that I was um, really not familiar at all. I think for some reason I had picked up the band's uh, self-titled album, commonly referred okay. to I think as the Brown album. The Brown album. Um, yep as a sort of entry into the band as yeah. we were beginning this project. I don't know why I skipped over uh, this one here. So I'm a little bit more familiar with that other one, but I, I, and this one took um, a few lessons to really grow on me, but I think especially hearing uh, you and Jason talk about it. And then the lovely experience of watching um, the last waltz with a couple mm-hmm. of our friends um, at your house over the holidays was, was really great. Um, We'll share some of the thoughts from that in a future episode. But uh, so yes. I've got a soft spot for it too now. Uh, and it is definitely one that I will return to. And an album I'm really glad I, I now know how good it is. Uh, it just would have taken something, I think, that I had a lot longer track record with to unseat Tapestry. Um, if, if Tapestry wasn't on this list, I guess, or it w- if it was brand new to me, I may have put... Uh, music from Big Pink at the top, but um, they're sort of one A and one B, I guess, and and Tapestry wins out for for sentimental sake, probably. Yeah. And, and I I think I do. I guess I find Carol King uh, uh, an easier or not easier, more accessible album every single song. You know, I think probably as far back as when I listened to it for the first time, I was really enjoying right away. Whereas big pink, I had to kind of get used to the, yep. the rough around the edges kind of style there. Yeah. I, I hear you on that. And I think that would be probably a big reason why tapestry was commercially successful Yeah, and music from big pink was not, not maybe not the, yeah. the only reason, <laughs> maybe not the only yep. reason, but yep. um, I think, you know, right. and, and we talked about it, that tapestry is the beginning of, uh, not necessarily the first, but in that easy listening category. Um, yeah. You know, Cause yes, really, yeah. you know, that's a lot of those songs, you know, uh, too, it's too late, baby. I think like, man, that's just contemporary adult contemporary written all over it. You know, that's me in the uh-huh. backseat of my mom's car in the eighties, listening to CHFI. Like that's boy, oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. very popular. And like, the word you said, accessible, very accessible yes. for anybody to listen yep. to. And I think that's another thing that makes Tapestry so comfortable and and so wonderful. So, well, there you have it, folks. And uh, as we have done many times, we kind of flopped Rolling Stones list, uh, <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah, put the ones did. at the top on the bottom and kind of scattered everything else, uh, which is something that we seem to be doing a lot. And what is yeah. it that at the beginning of each, quote, decade – that Rolling Stone seems to, that's where they seem to put their compilation albums. Well, it was the voters, right? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's funny how that, how that works out. I don't know. I, I'm, not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure why that lines up that way or why they by the editors or, or maybe the voters too. I, who knows? I'm not sure why that ends up being that way, but you're right. It is, it does seem to be, uh, 
frequently. That way, um, we've got some changes to that in the next couple of decades. Uh, album yeah. 41 is a Sex Pistols album, their only studio album. Yeah. Um, 51 is uh, Simon and Garfunkel, uh, and it's not a compilation. Okay. Um, all right. All right. All right. 61, we do get to a Greatest Hits album, although because right. we don't have the <laughs> title there, I don't is. know who it is. Um, <laughs> very quickly, I'm sure I can find it here. Let's see. Oh, Sly and the Family Stone. Ooh. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting one to tackle. What 50, uh, what's 52? Because that's also a Greatest Hits, but I can't tell what it is. Number 52 is Al Green's Greatest Hits. Um, okay. Both of those will be... Oh, brand new. Brand new. Uh, yeah. Okay. Are we ready for the big uh, reveal to see what happened to our all-time got, top 10 list? I've got my finger on the button. All right. Here we go. I'm just taking a minute <laughs> to... I, I, I will tell you this before you go through and look. I decided to make no changes. No changes at all. No changes. I looked... I. I looked very closely at number one. If I wanted to put any albums from this last 10 into the top 10, and I decided that I didn't, Mm -hmm. that even the album I have in the number 10 spot, there wasn't an album from these last 10 that I felt was better. And then I looked and see if I wanted to flip anything around in my top 10 within that. And I didn't need to do that either. So uh, wow. as, boring, as boring as it may be, I decided to just leave it. Now, I will tell you right now, this is going to change on our next <laughs> 10. Is there something coming up that you really like? <laughs> Everybody who's listened to one or two episodes of this podcast knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because we're going to talk about the dark side of the moon by Pink Floyd. And I'm not going to – I don't – I'm not saying it will be my number one album because I don't know that it is my number one album, but it's <laughs> definitely top 10. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I did make some changes. I borrowed a page book out of uh, your playbook uh, to reshuffle some of my ones that were already yep. on there. And I did snag Tapestry. I, I felt yes. like it, uh, was, it was worthy of being included. Um, the album that knocked off was not my number 10 from last time it was in fact rubber soul um okay yeah i've re-listened to the top five beatles albums over the last few weeks just in an effort to sort of remind myself okay what is it about these five that rolling stone felt were worthy of being up so high and i have felt like almost none belong there right um and abbey road continued to sort of stand out as one that i I wanted to keep (laughs) Um, so, uh, and rubber soul was one that I felt like, eh, I could let it go and not be too, too disappointed. So rubber soul, um, fell off. I also shuffled a few other things around. Um, uh, what's going on has been my number one for the last two decade, uh, re-rankings and I bumped it down to number two. Uh, inner visions is an album that I just keep going back to. And, uh, so Stevie wonder gets bumped up to the top spot what's going on goes down so, a spot do you want to go uh, through your through yours from from 10 to 1 sure just so everyone knows what's there there's not too much other other stuff that's changed the other major shift is moving pet sounds from uh the seven spot all the way down to number 10 so okay uh 10 is uh, the beach boys pet sounds then abbey road tapestry 
Uh, Thriller got moved up one. Uh, okay. Born to Run. Joshua Tree got moved down one, and Rumors uh, flip-flopped with it. Uh, and then Blue in number three. Uh, What's Going On, number two, and Intervisions, number one. Um, yours all stayed the same, but why don't we run it, those down, it, too? Yeah, they all stayed the same. I, I, I'm i feeling I might shuffle a few things, not, not just that I'm going to put a new one in there. We all know that. But um, <laughs> I might shuffle. There's some... I don't think I'm as fond of the Joshua Tree as you are, although it is very, very good. But I've got um, Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band at number 10. Number 9 is Nirvana's Nevermind. Number 8 is uh, Zeppelin's self-titled first album. Number 7 is The Joshua Tree by U2. Number 6 is Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Number 5 is... Are You Experienced by the Jimi Hendrix Experience? Then we've got number four, Abbey Road. Number three, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Number two is Joni Mitchell's Blue, which has just made such an impression on me. And uh, still my number one favorite album of all time and on this list is uh, The Beatles' Revolver. Hmm. So our top ten lists have diverged fairly dramatically from each other. There's a lot of albums that we do not share anymore That's on right. the on the list and some that you've got quite high i don't have uh intervisions on what's going on on my top 10 anymore that's right um and you've got them right at the top and you still have three beatles albums yes um, i do uh i think sergeant pepper's man boy it's so good um it really is good but i think just in terms of some of the compared to some of the other ones i could see Sergeant Pepper's going off and maybe Joshua Tree, maybe never mind. But, but again, I said this a while ago, I'm curious as to see how much longer we're going to have new albums break into our top 10. Right. You know, we could assume only, that it will happen less and less. Yeah. And only one um, from either of us made it across this time. So yeah, yeah that's right. That's, the sign that's of right. To come. Uh, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe something will blow us away. We're getting into music, I think, in these next 10 that have some bands that I feel like I should know and I don't. And so <laughs> I don't know I don't know why I think this, but I think there's got to be something of value in there. These are these are bands that I should be aware of and, and just not. So um, as you look ahead to the next 10, I think when we started these this grouping of 10 um, was it true that there was only one that you had ever listened to before, or maybe none that you had ever? The last uh, ten, uh, I I had not listened to any of the albums. Not listened to any, and I think I none. was only at two with Tapestry and Please Please Me. Um, had you heard the Ramones album? Uh, I think maybe at some point I'd given it a whirl. Um. So it may, there may have been three or two and a half, maybe. It wasn't a very deep listen to the Romans. Yeah. Um, of these next 10, uh, I, I think it's similar. I think I'm only at, I think, I think only two. Um, never mind the Bollocks and uh, Bob Marley's Legend. Uh, oh, okay. The, oh, and Dark Side, sorry, three uh, that I would have been able to say. 
the the band as well, although I've picked that up sort of as we began this project. So there's there's a few here that I'm more so familiar you've doubled, with. So you've doubled from last time. <laughs> I've doubled, that's from true. I've four. doubled from last time. But the rest I am very much uh, in the dark on, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what all. Yeah, and, and more there. for me as well. Um, uh, dark Side, as we all know. Uh, the Doors self-titled, I have that. It, um, I've had that for a number of years. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I know I don't have it, but I'm sure I've heard, uh, Bob Marley's legend. I'm yeah. sure I've heard, heard it. You know, you have it. Some other people have it. I bet you, I know all the songs on it. Um, yep. but that's uh, it for it's me, long, but you will, you'll probably know most. Anyway. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. I, well, I think, I think even when we were working and traveling together, I think you had it even at that point. And it was yes. one that we, that we listened to a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm familiar with that one. So so that's yeah. three for me. Uh, I haven't. I bet you I will know a lot of the stuff off the band's Brown album. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, I I don't know what's on Patty Smith's horses, but I don't think I'll know any of it. Yeah. Does John Coltrane's music because of your jazz interest? Oh, is that Supreme? the the Fillmore one? No, that's a Love Supreme. Oh, Love Supreme. Oh, sorry. What's yeah. the Fillmore one? Uh, that is the Almond Brothers. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. Uh, I do have one or two Coltrane albums, but I don't think I have that one. I think I have uh, Blue Train. Okay. Uh, I will probably be familiar with at least one or two tracks because I do listen to a lot of jazz radio, but uh, I have not listened to that album. So, uh, yeah, fun. there will be. I, I think. Is, I guess. <laughs> it, it, it's always fun. I think there's more here than I'm familiar with. Well, obviously, there is more here than I'm familiar with in the last 10, which is interesting. Um, I think that's just kind of coincidence. I don't think that has anything to do with anything, really. Uh, it's just how they ended up being grouped in 10s. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, here we go, another 10. Another 10. So we want to let you know, good listeners, that, and we'll also post this so that Everyone's aware if you haven't caught up yet. We're going to take a little break. Um, we're not sure exactly how long. Uh, probably somewhere around a month, but uh, we want to take a little time, do some more recording, get a little, uh, get ahead of the game, maybe put a little more time into some of the next few episodes. But we're still going to be posting and putting little tidbits on. There might be a few uh, bonus episodes here or there, but we will be taking a little bit of time off before we get to album number 41. I think that'll be a good plan, and I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing these conversations as we go. Uh, there's yeah. lots of good stuff still to come. And oh, we've made it to 40 too. somehow, and it doesn't seem like we've lost any momentum as we've gone. So, uh I'm- yeah, I feel 500 great. is in our sights. Let's just, you know what? We're going to take this momentum through to the next 10 years and just plow right ahead. No, I I feel great. We didn't know if we'd get it this far. Um, we, I might be done after 43. <laughs> I'll try and find a replacement co-host then if you have to drop out and uh, yeah. keep, keep it warm until you come back. Sure. Um but yeah, no, this is uh, this is great. It's still fun, and and you said you know um, there's still lots of good stuff coming up. That made me wonder: Are we going to get to a point where, even though there have been tens and tens of thousands of albums over the years, 
even within these top 500, are we going to get to the point where they're not good anymore? <laughs> I <laughs> I think we've already had a couple albums that I think are not deserving of being here. Um, I don't and think there's anything news, that was in the first ten. <laughs> so the I, first I don't think there's I don't think there's an anything that I have been totally surprised that it made 500. But I know for sure there's an album coming up that I couldn't even get through three three tracks before I thought. What the was going on here? <laughs> I am going to uh, ask you off air what that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so there's absolutely something, at least one, and probably more that we will tackle that uh, I w- I would say are bad music. Yeah. Although I feel I feel bad saying that, but um, yeah, I, I'm sure we'll get to a few duds as we as we keep going. Fair enough. <laughs> so right. so what's so our what's our next album there ben yeah once we uh come back from our hiatus we have uh an album by the sex pistols never mind the bullocks here's the sex pistols a controversial album for a couple of reasons and um the only studio album that the band ever made and right. uh, i think it'll be it'll be an interesting one to tackle kind of outside of our, our little hiatus um my hunch is that we'll get some nostalgia to our Christian punk uh, teenage years and uh, and we'll also remember why we didn't listen to stuff like this when we were <laughs> that old yeah, as well. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, a little bit of foreshadowing. Yep, that's great. I think so. yeah. <laughs> if you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.